0: Hey guys, welcome to the Podcasters Podcast. This episode, I just spoke with Dan, who is one of our producers here at Progressive Media. Um, and we covered everything you need to do in the pre production phase of a podcast. So, Dan's obviously an expert in making podcasts sound good. For many of you that listen to this podcast, he would have worked on them if you worked with us at Progressive Media. Um, but we really focused on what you've got to do pre production wise and actually the start recording. And this is kind of part of a two parter because the next episode after this one is released, will be the post-production element again with Dan. We recorded that straight after. So I'll now hand over to Dan to talk you through what equipment you need. So you need to focus on
1: good quality microphones and good quality recorders. So people can look at a variety of different pieces of equipment and they can get overwhelmed quite easily. Just to bring it back to basics dynamic microphones will work best for most people in their situations as opposed to condenser microphones. People nowadays can get decent dynamic microphones with XLR outputs like we've got here, or conversely, straight to USB. And that, in most cases, will eliminate the need for an external recorder, whether that be a Rode Recorder or PodTrack P4, like uh, many of our clients use. So, what a trap a lot of people fall into is they see what other people are using on the internet, whether that be radio clips, whether that be um, YouTube clips, and they go, I've got to have that because they're using that. And because of that, people fall into the trap of, getting equipment that they don't know how to use. So a lot of radio stations, they will traditionally use condenser microphones. They're a more sensitive microphone and people can get greater clarity from their voice, which is fantastic. But these people are using them in radio studios that are perfectly treated. They've got no bounce back from the environment, the hard surfaces on the walls. There's no traffic noise. It's not got their dog in the kitchen, (laughs) like barking in the background. And these are people that have
0: been recording for years as well, probably. They're way more trained than a newbie podcaster.
1: Exactly, exactly. They know what they're doing. So those types of microphones, although they are great quality, they can then pose a lot of problems to the new podcasters out there. So that's why we would recommend a dynamic microphone like we've got here that we're using, um, and most people use now for podcasting. Because for a dynamic microphone, that you need to be a lot closer to them to speak, it picks up a lot less background noise. You get a bit of a warmer tone from a dynamic microphone as well. So if you're in a home environment where you're not in a properly sound-treated studio, um, you can. Get a lot better quality and clarity. And in turn, for people like me who are editing the podcast, it's a lot less work to get rid of all this background noise and everything like that because you're straight to source. You've got that clarity and that quality without me having to do a lot of processing on it to remove all that unwanted noise in the background. So, your key is straight away dynamic microphones. That would be my number one go-to tip for any sort of new podcaster out there is to go with
0: that. Basically, keep it simple. Don't spend too much on your microphone as well. You can get the good quality sound from, like I said, a dynamic microphone. You don't need something super expensive. You can keep it simple, simple to use, and not going to break the bank.
1: No, exactly. Like, a lot of microphones you get nowadays, like even on the lower end of the, the budget, you've got like the Rode Pod mic. You've got the Samsung... Uh, Q9U, they are decent podcasting microphones, dynamic microphones that aren't going to cost you the earth. I think at the moment the Rode Pod mic is 99 pounds. The Samsung up until before Christmas was 99 pounds. It's gone up to about 170 now. Jesus. But it's still a good lower end. But the diff the difference is like with this Samsung, the bonus with that is you've got usb out on it so if you haven't got a recorder you've just got a laptop you can just plug it into your laptop and you can either record straight to a a program like zoom or something like that if you're doing an interview situation Mm -hmm. or you can download like recording software such as audacity it's free you literally plug your microphone into your laptop or computer whatever you're using open up audacity Click record and then you're there, you're speaking, you can hear yourself back if you've got headphones on to make sure your levels and and the sound quality and clarity is there. So you're eliminating so many factors that could cause issues that you don't need, especially when you're starting out as a podcast. There's always room for expansion. There's always room for upgrades. But... Those are the two basic things is a decent quality microphone and a decent way of recording. So whether it be your laptop
0: or an external recorder. 100%. We, I mean, I've come across recently a few people that have spent thousands almost on their equipment and everything when you really don't need to spend that much to get started. You'd be better spending that money... In, I mean, this is going to sound a bit biased because it's what we do. But in support, or expertise, or production help, and getting cheaper equipment than spending all that money on equipment and having no idea what you're doing. Oh, what's, what's the saying? All the, all the, all the uh, gear, no idea. That's the one. Yeah, that's <laughs> the one I was looking for. And
1: yeah, that's the thing. People get people get sidetracked by trends and and fashions. So. If you look at any professional podcast, whether it's a Joe Rogan or whether it's like Logan Paul or Mike Tyson or whoever it is, these big names, every single one of them is using what's called a Shure uh, SM7B microphone. It's like the podcasting microphone at the moment. And they're great microphones. They're dynamic microphones, like I said, and they're great for podcasting. But you're talking nearly £300 microphone and they're not USB. Um, They are just your standard traditional XLR. So you still need some sort of recording interface. So you've got additional costs on top there. And if you're spending all that money and you don't know what you're doing, you're not going to get the quality that you're seeing on these big world renowned podcasts because at the root of it, you still don't know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So start small With decent quality equipment, but without breaking the bank essentially, because everybody worries about, oh, I want to start a podcast, but I've got this cost involved and I need this. You don't need to break the bank to create good quality audio. If you listen to advice and like a production team like we provide here, if you follow that advice, there is no reason why you can't succeed in having a decent quality podcast in terms of audio quality mm. whereas you're setting yourself up for financial failure if nothing else if you're going to spend all this money on top of the range gear and still Have get no no, idea. yeah you
0: still got no idea on how to make the most of it yeah absolutely and you touched on it a few minutes ago recording location where you record so obviously not everyone has access to a studio but if you're recording at home what can you do to make sure it sounds good, what must you avoid? What should you look for? Is there anything you need to buy? So first things first, don't record
1: in your kitchen or your bathroom. <laughs> and I know that sounds stupid, but you'd be surprised. The amount of people that would they read something online like, "Oh, I've heard the acoustics in, in your bathroom are really good for recording vocals. Uh, I'll record my podcast there. No, that's for like singing singing vocals Mm -hmm. because it's got a natural reverb and this ambience that lends itself well to like performance vocals. Don't record anywhere with hard surfaces all around you, okay? So if you've got tiled floors and solid walls with no decoration, no curtains and things like that, you're setting yourself up for failure straight away because essentially what's happening is... The sound is bouncing off all of these hard surfaces around you and it's just going to cause echo and reverb and delay all around you and you're going to sound like you're in an echo chamber to your audience. You're not going to get that warm, hearty tone to your voice that people want to listen to. It's going to sound like you stood at the back of an auditorium shouting to your audience Mm. and nobody wants that. So pick places that have carpeted floors. Curtains up at the walls. If you are recording in a space that doesn't have those things, try and adapt your surroundings to what you need. So, e- even if it means hanging up some blankets across the wall, um, duvets they have abs- heard
0: people record under their duvets before, yeah. you know, like when you're a kid and you make that little den just kind of doing that to record.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it sounds silly, but it works, um, because. You 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 you're muffling the sound. It's it's not being able to travel and bounce back and get that delay. The the soft surfaces, your duvets et cetera, they're absorbing that, and that is what is going to give you that warmth of tone. You can. Also buy certain pieces of equipment like um, sound cages to go around your microphones and things like that. Um, but again, it's additional expense. What's going to cost you more—a sound cage for your microphone or an old duvet hung up on the wall? Do you know what I mean? It's 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 false economy. If you again you've got room to expand, you've got room to scale. You can always upgrade your gear later. Um, it's not a case of false economy. Some people think, oh, well, if I'm upgrading it later, I might as well just buy it out straight away. Yeah, that might be the case, but you also need to look at the fact that you might never need to actually upgrade your gear because if you do it well to start off with, there's no need to. Hmm. I've, I've got clients that record on a little lapel mic on their chest and it cost them 20 quid from Amazon into a little recorder and they sound great because they know how to use the technology that they've got. But I've got other clients that have spent a lot of money Mm -hmm. on their equipment and I'm constantly contacting them saying, we need to change this. We need to change this. You need to do this. You need to do that because you're not making the most out of your equipment and your quality of your podcast is suffering as a result. So again, I'm a big person on not, spending when
0: you don't have to. No, so you can get the equipment quite cheap. You just need a room that isn't full of hard surfaces, like you say, soft surfaces. Is it also true that smaller rooms are better than bigger rooms?
1: Yeah, because essentially you've got less distance for the sound to travel. So if the sound is bouncing back off stuff, if it's bouncing off a wall that's here, that time is shorter. So therefore if you've Mm. got any echo or any delay, it's minimal and you won't notice it. But whereas if it's got to travel to the other side of a massive room, hit that wall, then come back, you're going to get more of a delay. Now, it might sound quite over the top, but that is the science behind it. Obviously, you're not going to speak and it's going to come back two minutes later. But (laughs) Imagine. But it is that thing of the speed of sound, essentially. It's it's got to if it's traveling, it hits something, it's gonna come back. It's like playing squash. Do mm. you know what I mean? If you're hitting it against the wall, if you're stood right next to that wall, it's gonna come back at you a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're at the back of the court and you hit it, you've got time for it to travel back in its own time. Mm-hmm.
0: So got you. So save money, keep it simple, with the equipment. Find a room that's small with soft surfaces. What about the way you actually record? So
1: when you've got your microphone and everything set up, try and record in the same space majority of the time. Now, there are there are times where people will, it'll be unavoidable. Their normal recording space isn't available or they've got to go out and record a guest at their premises. Mm. But when you're recording, good sort of microphone technique is paramount. So as you notice here, our microphones are what are called off-axis. I'm not speaking directly into a microphone like this, mm. okay? That's because when you speak directly into the microphone, you're blowing air straight into the capsule of the microphone. And essentially the way a microphone works, it's a thin diaphragm that when you speak, it vibrates. Now, if you're speaking directly into it, you've got more chance of blowing air and you get what's called plosive sound. So if you hear these big P's and things like that, you're pushing air into a microphone. And by having it off axis, you're reducing that straight away. Then you've got other things like you can see here. We've got the foam. Well, we can see.
0: I feel bad for some of the guys and <laughs> <the> girls listening <laughs> yeah.
1: that can't see what we're on about. We've, we've got us. we've got foam foam uh, foam covers over the top of our microphones that will reduce wind noise and these plosive sounds. You'll also see, obviously, people using pop shields in front of their microphones. Again, it does the same thing. It dissipates the air. So as you as you're blowing air out of your mouth it stops that harshness hitting the capsule. It sort of (laughs) just breaks up the air. So you still get the sound, but you don't get the air force into it. And by doing simple things like that, it can vastly improve your, uh, your recording quality. Also, when you're recording in the same spaces, it provides that consistency every time. You're not having to reset up your equipment every time. You're gonna get the same sound quality from episode to episode, whereas if you're um, if you're changing your setup every time, you might get one that sounds really nice and warm and and close, and then you'll get another episode that sounds like you stood on the top of a mountain somewhere because your surroundings have changed. So consistency is key to keeping that that quality. And after a time, it's what your audience become accustomed to. So if they expect a certain quality of you, as soon as you do an episode that's not, they're going to notice. So we need to make sure that you keep that consistency. And the final thing is really your distance from a microphone. Mm-hmm. So dynamic microphones, they tend to need you to be a little bit closer. Whereas your condenser microphones are a lot more sensitive, you can be a lot further away. Um But because they're more sensitive, as I said before, you're picking up a lot of background noise and things like that. So your dynamic microphones don't make the mistake of, again, seeing what people are doing on YouTube. They might be using a condenser microphone and they're about a foot or two foot away and they're still being picked up nicely. People make the mistake of thinking, oh, yeah, I can do that with my microphone, but they've got a dynamic microphone. You can't do that, and it's not going to pick you up very much. Yeah. So then people turn the gain controls up on their, on their equipment to compensate. But by doing that, you're going to get background noise. You're going to get yeah. hiss and things like that, whereas the easier option is to move, move a closer. foot closer. Yeah, it's it's not rocket science. So, yeah, they're, they're the sort of basic principles of just ensuring that quality. It's just consistency of your environment, microphone position
0: and microphone technique. And with the podcasters we work with, do you find that they're the most common problems with people getting started?
1: Oh, definitely. Um, Especially people who haven't had a technical background. Um, They may not understand how microphones work. So like I said, with the whole diaphragm side of things and blowing air, a lot of people don't understand that. And Mm -hmm. that's fine. That's not their field. That's not what they're trained in that's not their interest or whatever it may be Um, so yeah a lot of the time 99% of the times if I've listened to recordings and they've not been right it's either a distance problem or an environmental problem they're either too far away from the microphone so they're really faint or it sounds echoey and, and
0: distant because their environment is poor I mean, people really don't appreciate how important this element is. I mean, even those that we work with think, oh, everything could be fixed in post-production. I'm sure it's a frustration for you <laughs> is there's some things you simply can't fix. You can't get rid of those builders outside the your lounge window. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not being
1: funny. I had somebody send me a podcast just before Christmas and their guest was on a building site a working building site (laughs) when they were recording it and there was drills and hammers and everything in the background and they wondered why they couldn't hear their guest. Mm. And it's just going back to that environment. Just we take it for granted sometimes because we know what needs to go in, what needs to be done, what needs to be avoided. A lot of the general public who aren't doing podcasting all the time, They may not know. And like you said, they make the mistake of, oh, it can be fixed in post. A lot of stuff can be fixed in post, but at the same time, we're not magicians. Mm. If you give us good in, we can give you good out. If we get bad quality in, we can make it okay. (laughs) Yeah, we can increase the quality, but it's going to be nowhere near as good as if you just sorted the source out. Straight away,
0: yeah, and production quality all over now is so much more important than it was before. In lockdown, you could get away with your your mobile phone podcast where you speak straight into your mobile phone and upload it because everyone was doing it. Now, this space has become more competitive. I, I say it's become more competitive. A lot of people have stopped doing it. Obviously, I wouldn't say there's a lot more podcasts out there now, but there are a lot more high production podcasts out there. And if you want to succeed, particularly if you're positioning yourself as an expert or you're representing a business or trying to sell services, products off the back of it, anything where you should be seen as some sort of expert, you need to sound good. And these basics could be the massive difference because it doesn't matter how much you know. I mean, we could be, say, talking about podcasting. I mean, it would be quite ironic with this specific episode. But (laughs) if we sounded rubbish, we sounded crap, then no one's going to think we know what we're talking about. We could be given the best information in the world. But if you sound shit, then people assume the content's pretty crap because that's just how... you 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 program to work and if something sounds amazing and looks amazing people will assume oh it's higher quality it's higher production they make more money they're more popular because you can't see how popular how many downloads people get but you can hear how good their content is so it's same with post-production is why post-production is so overlooked but what you can do regardless of if you're editing it yourself or getting someone else to do it is make sure you're using the microphone correctly and not recording in the kitchen (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. The thing is, like you say, the the quality has gone up exponentially recently. And that's because like when podcasting was first about a lot of the time, everybody was jumping on the bandwagon. They would get a handheld recorder. They would get two microphones like this and they would just go out to wherever they were interviewing a guest. They'd both hold a microphone. Mm. They would record it and they would get something that was passable. And because that was the standard at the time, it was fine, and nobody batted an eyelid at that. But then, especially, like you say, since lockdown, we had a few people recording bits on their phones and stuff like that, but that led to a, a rise in popularity of podcasts because there was something for everyone. There's a podcast for everything, okay? And then when we came out of lockdown and things like that, Bigger productions jumped on top of it. So the Joe Rogans of the world, they're sat there in a professional studio, professional equipment. It's professionally filmed as well. Mm. And because it's filmed and people can see the production quality when they see it on YouTube, it's raised the standards of production values. So now people who were just recording on handheld devices, whether it be a phone, Uh, The little Zoom recorders with the built-in microphones or just handheld mics. Because that doesn't wash anymore. People notice it straight away. I've tuned into podcasts that I used to listen to religiously. Do you know what? Actually, I did it this morning. This morning, I went to listen to a podcast that I listen to all the time. And it was an episode where the guest, who is uh, like a regular host slash guest on the podcast, He couldn't make it to the studio, so it was done via Zoom. I instantly turned it off because I was interested in the content, but the quality wasn't there. So It really does put you off. People don't realise. Yeah, I I wasn't invested as much because literally within the first five minutes, they had to stop because his dog was barking in the kitchen because somebody was knocking at the door. Do Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And this is a podcast with good traction on YouTube. It's got good numbers the the host is worldwide known and I just it just took me out of it. So when you've got those poor production values, it's gonna affect your audience as well as the quality of your podcast. And sometimes those listeners will not listen and then they won't come back.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. Well that wraps up this part. We're gonna do essentially a part two of this episode, which is more focused on the post production side of things. Keep an eye out for that episode coming soon. We're going to record that now, but for this episode on the pre-production, the pre-recording or the recording element of your podcast. That's it. Thank you very much, Dan, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you. Uh let me do a little call to action actually that you might have to stick in cuz I've realized <laughs> any sort of call to action. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys are looking for any help with actually recording your podcast, be it what equipment to buy specifically, how you record any of the things that Dan talks about but in more depth please feel free to reach out down below my LinkedIn is down there there'll be an email our website our website actually has a kit kit list page on it which as well can help you feel free to reach out anywhere um, for some support and help from us on how you can actually record your podcast and make it sound good cheers